Are you ready for the word? I'm ready to deliver it. Bow your heads with me for a minute. Father, I come to you and I ask you, use me in these next few minutes to impart what it is that you have shared in my heart and imparted to me. Lord, your word never goes out void, never goes out useless. It accomplishes all that you purpose for it to do. But I'm going to ask you by your great Holy Spirit to anoint our ears to hear absolutely everything, to anoint our minds to understand, and anoint our hearts to be open to receive your engrafted word, engrafted into our beings and our DNA and our spirit. In Jesus' holy name, amen, amen, amen. Amen and amen. Now, I was just uh, impressed with something. Uh, I'm I'm flying off the cuff here. Uh, So I just got to do what I'm impressed to do during a service. Can you stand with me? I can. Would you like to share a testimony? I didn't forewarn you or nothing, but I just looked over in it and just felt that kind of settle in my spirit. Okay? Take a minute. You, you want to come up here? Sure. All right, come on. His spirit and my spirit are connected. This event, for those that that don't know, this morning, I had a stroke on the 30th of August while I was at work. And just to clarify things, God did not bring this upon me. Right, right. This is the work. There's two sources. One is myself. And the other one is the evil one. Come on. Satan. He deems to take out every one of you in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Every one. If you let him, he will. Okay. Now, <clears throat> Pastor, the, the first week, Pastor come over and visited me, and Jonathan come over and visited me. This was down in uh, uh, Butterworth Hospital in Grand Rapids. One of the things that I got from this is I've been shaky, but I'm more shaky now. Okay. Darn. (laughs) You know. But I'm believing that this is going to, to subside at a point. But anyway, I was thinking this morning, sitting there. I had this event that was intended to take me out. But immediately, God's word, God's people went into effect. And the prayer started. And my healing, according to all who have been associated with me, has been phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Now, 
at the onset, I couldn't swallow. So I went six days without eating anything. Finally, I got a feeding tube. Okay, which is a real hoot. Okay, but through the prayers, and I think at that time, I think I sent Pastor a text, and he talked to you from the pulpit. And he said, pray that Chuck can swallow. It was like just a few days in my swallowing started to be restored. This was, this was, this was like three or four days. And this is, this is what God does. This is, this is where he lives in you and I. And part of the problems that I've had I would sit on my bed in the hospital and I would tip over. My left side was not working with me. And all my limbs have worked, but my balance has been bad. And I would tip over and I would stand up and it would take two people to help me stand up because I couldn't stand without tipping over. And in a short length of time, through the prayers of God's people, I was able to stand, and today I am able to stand wholly through the grace of God. Now, the only thing that I'm really dealing with right now, well, I, I'm dealing with some things. My voice, this is my best voice, okay? I love to sing, and I can't, okay? Uh, I have a vocal cord that is paralyzed. Now, one in today's technology, they put a camera down my throat and I watched the thing. <laughs> okay, it was the coolest thing you ever seen, <laughs> you know. But God is repairing that. My voice is better today than it has been. And through the prayers, just because I'm standing here today, please don't quit praying for me. Okay. My belief, my faith is 100% recovery. And if not as good, better. Okay. Okay. My legs are a little bit weak. When I stand for a length of time, I have to sit down. At the end of the day, it's the end of the day. <laughs> okay. And God is good, but I covet your prayers. Please don't quit because... 100% is where God wants me. The devil did not take, the, or the devil took this from me, not the Lord God. The Lord God says in John 10, 10, says the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Amen. Hallelujah. Awesome, man. Amen. It's his first Sunday back since, uh, since that took place, and uh, he's a charter member of this. He was a part of the original uh, Bible study that started this church all those years ago, and so he's, a, uh, he's, he's what you might call in some, some circles one of the pillars in the church. Amen? And praise God, the devil didn't get his, uh, his way of making him a memorial pillar but a pillar who can still bring the word. Amen. Hallelujah. And your voice is going to return in Jesus name. 
In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Praise God. I want to deliver a message to you today. It was very fitting what Diane had to say about, you know, November. You know, November, we're really entering into all of the holiday seasons are quickly coming upon us, right? And I've been talking about worship uh, and praise and worship. Uh, many of you may remember last week it was prayer and praise, tread and trample, prayer and praise, tread and trample, prayer and praise, tread and trample. And I want to continue along the lines of worship, but I want to talk to us all. I'm not preaching at you, and I'm not really preaching to you. I'm talking with you, because there's an important part of worship that we have to really get a balance in. And it's that balance between worship and serving, serving, service and worship, the balance between the two. Um, how many of you could say, and, and how, we, we got a, our country is out of balance right now, right? In so many ways. And how many of you might say, you know, the bills are high, the economy is horrible, and I'm a little, I'm a little stressed about how things are going to work out. Sure, we probably all could say that, that maybe finances are a little tighter right now than they have been. Uh, I'm curious to know how many of you would maybe agree, I sure wish I had more time to myself. Or I wish I had more time for myself because I do so many things for so many other people. I don't often have very much time for me. Is there anybody that would be honest enough to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm see a few hands. The rest of you are lying, and we'll preach a message about that in a week or so. We live in a, cur a culture that pushes everything to the limits. Uh, do more, accomplish more, buy more, have more. And quite frankly, a lot of people are running at a breakneck pace. Uh, and it's not what God's plan is for any of us. People are running in so many different directions, they can't even remember where they started, and some can't even remember where they're going without the handy-dandy GPS on the phone, you know? Uh, and most people don't even know what's happening next without looking at their calendar. they got to have something with them at every given moment, even for the slightest thing. Well, let me see if I have time for that. And a lot of people don't know how to find time for themselves. Maybe, uh, you know... Are there any moms in the house who would say, boy, I sure wish I could find some time for me. Am I at the right church today? Is it, is it, yeah. Usually there's some amens. You know, our kids are uh, so busy on top of homework and school. A lot of times they're out four or five nights a week doing other activities. And that's not even to, imagine, not even to mention the things that may go on on the weekends, and it's happened so long that we've now found it to, to feel normal to be so busy at such a breakneck pace. Uh, you know, for many parents, uh, school activities, soccer, uh, um, football, basketball, dance, art, you, you name it, it's dictating the time and schedules uh, in every respect of life. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those things, okay? There's nothing wrong with any of the things that I'm mentioning, but when it begins to dictate your life to such a degree that you can't find the rhythm of rest for yourself, then there's a problem, and there's an imbalance that can happen. Um, some might say, well, I don't really have time to think about that. 
Well, think about that for just a minute. <laughs> well, you might say, well, what does this have to do with worship? Because there's, there's two individuals uh, in, the, in the book of St. Luke, chapter 10. If you have your Bibles or your devices, turn with me to Luke, chapter 10. And it's the story of two different women. One decided that she did not have time, could not put it in her calendar to sit at the feet of Jesus. Uh, for mere chance, he might say something profound. The other uh, chose differently and, quite frankly, experienced a life-changing event uh, to sit at the feet of Jesus. And we have, this message has been preached many times by many people in terms of the Martha Mary syndrome of being so busy that you don't even have time for worship. Now, I've already talked about the fact that that kind of uh, caps our life in so many different areas, school and work, et cetera, et cetera. What about right here in the house, right here in the church? There's so many people that right now, while you're sitting here receiving, they're working. And some of the ministry departments are so lean in terms of manpower that they have to work almost every single week and never have an opportunity to come sit at the feet of Jesus, metaphorically, so to speak, spiritually. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I have a leadership meeting that's coming up after uh, this service today. And I'm, I'm going to be talking to all my leaders about, you know, taking time to be in worship as leaders, your schedule shouldn't be so thick that you never are able, you have to listen to the service through a ceiling speaker and never get to be in here experiencing it. And you never find the rhythm of rest because all you know is the rhythm of work. Come on, somebody. And that, that's, that works in private life, public life, but it also works in church life. And I've seen so many times that people end up feeling burnout or used and then they're, they're done. And many times it's because we chose the Martha rut over the Mary choice. Huh? And, and let me just speak to you leaders that are here in this room right now. And I, Maybe I'll say it again later, maybe not. Whatever's coming to my spirit right now, I'm just speaking it. Uh, you know what? If you're so busy that you don't think you can be missed from your ministry for a service... You're out of balance. For those of you who are listening to me from a speaker in the ceiling, it's true. It's true. So let's take a look at these, this story and these two women, and let's see what we can learn, glean from the story. Are you at Luke chapter 10? Love the word. And I'm going to read starting with verse 38 through verse 42. And it's interesting to me that when I look at, you know, a lot of times we have subtitles in, in the Bible, right? And the subtitle here is Mary and Martha worship and serve. Isn't that interesting? Now it happened as they went that he entered, he being Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Just put yourself in that position. Literally, let's just say for a minute, I know it's hypothetical, but Jesus is coming over for lunch. 
I wonder how many of y'all be missing church today so you could clean your house for Jesus coming over after that. Huh? So uh, put yourself in Martha's position. If, if Jesus was coming for lunch, I know my wife. Man, the floors would be vacuumed, the stuff would be picked up. She'd be saying, go down and clean your bathroom, you know, and everything else. And let's do the yard. Let's do it. Jesus is coming over. Huh? So I'm, I'm trying to share that with you because I want you to encapsulate yourself for a moment into Mar Martha's thinking. Martha's syndrome, as I would like to call it. So a certain woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. Now she had a sister called Mary. How many of you Marthas have a sister? Huh? Who you seem to be the one that's always doing everything and you wish your sister would pony up and do a little something, something. Can I get a witness from somebody? Uh, so we're incorporating ourselves into the life of this, this scenario and this family. And so Mary, um, uh, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha, everybody say, but Martha, was distracted. Say, was distracted. Now in this, uh, in this writing, in this narrative, you won't see anything that Jesus says the things Martha was doing were wrong, were bad. Are you hearing me? And you would have to relate, all of you. I know if, if Jesus told me he was coming over, oh man, I'd be cleaning up the yard and my wood shop would be in pristine order. And my garage would even be cleaned up because Jesus is coming over. I might even wash my truck. Huh? If Jesus was coming over. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached Jesus. Now, she had some chutzpah. Let me tell you. I think she was the vocal sister between the two. I got a feeling it probably wasn't the first time she complained about Mary. <laughs> she probably complained to all her family members. How come every time Mary comes over for supper, she never helps me do the dishes? Why? How come every time she comes to supper, she doesn't ever bring nothing? I got to feed. And, and, and when she does, supposed to bring something, she comes late. Am I speaking to anybody? But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Now, this is why I know this is a, some speech she is used to saying. Because anybody who'd have the chutzpah to go to Jesus and say, Excuse me! Can't you see that she's just sitting while I'm working? And he, she didn't even ask. She said, Therefore, tell her to help me. Apparently Martha is now the Lord of the Lord. Talking to the Lord of Lords. Wow. Don't tell me Martha wasn't distracted. 
She was so distracted that she went to Jesus and said, can't you even see? For crying out loud, do something about it. What do you think, it's your birthday or something? And Jesus answered, and I can just hear his tone. I could hear Martha's tone. You know Martha's tone, even in the writing of it, is one of frustration. Right? Stress. Not very relational. But Jesus' words, on the other hand, were amazingly buttered with love and patience. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, or one thing is important, and Mary has chosen it. Now, I don't know, but I'm thinking, what? she's got to be thinking now, why does everybody always side with Mary? But the storyline that's here isn't so much about the family dynamic as it is that Martha was doing good things but missed the important thing. And I'm not suggesting that Mary was lazy and never did anything at the house. Could be, but I don't know that. But I do know that in this situation, Jesus looked at Martha, and you know he had to have been saying Martha, Martha with great compassion and love. And he said, look, you're very busy with a lot of stuff. And I know we have to have the vittles. Yeah, Jesus would probably use the word vittles. No, King James called it breaking bread. Jesus called it, we're going to have vittles tonight. When it comes to serving, when it comes to doing life, and when it comes to serving, specifically serving in the kingdom, which one are you? Are you the Martha? Or are you the Mary? Because I think you, we should be both with balance. And if there's an imbalance at all, it should be an imbalance towards sitting at the feet of Jesus over the serving. In life, whatever it may be, out in the world and living life and doing things, uh, you know, we are busy, 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 busy. And many times out in life, a lot of us don't have a lot of time to spend with Jesus. And then you come to church and you're part of a ministry team that is wishing there was that some of the Marys would get up off of their rusty dusties and come help them do the Martha stuff. Right? You know, your face won't break if you say amen. I mean, I just... Amen. Thank you. And he still has his face. Praise God. I want you to notice that both of these ladies had the same exact opportunity at the same exact moment in the presence of Jesus. It wasn't like there was a timeline thing. One did this at this time and then a little bit later on. No, at the same moment, we've got Mary and Martha. We've got Jesus, the Son of God, creator of the universe, in the house. And we can all understand why Martha was fussy. Right? Mary chooses to take, some, uh, take advantage of some time 
with this special guest. And how many of us would all agree that in that setting or this setting, that would be a pretty special guest, right? Right on. Um, Mary could have chosen to fold laundry while she was at the feet of Jesus. Mary could have chosen to peel potatoes while, Jesus, while she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Um, she could have spent time running late because she was still out at the store shopping for some eggs for the recipe that Martha was working on. She could have chosen so many things. But what did she do? She decided that for that very moment that she wasn't going to do anything but embrace the occasion and enjoy being with Jesus. Which one are you? Those of you in the room and those of you who are hearing my voice through ceiling speaker. Which one are you? Are you lean more into the Martha rut or more into the Mary choice? It should be a fairly good balance between the two. So you have Mary. There she is sitting at the feet of Jesus. But Martha, on the other hand, she's like many of us, right? She was distracted. I think probably freaking out a little bit. Uh, as we would probably freak out. I mean, after all, Jesus was coming to dinner. And, uh, you know, what's important to note is that she wasn't distracted by anything bad. Jesus didn't say, the stuff you're doing is bad. And he said, I know you're distracted with many things. And you need to understand, Martha, Mary chose the better thing. But that's not to imply, Martha, you chose the bad thing. Are you all hearing me, beloved? And what's also important to note that the things that distracted her wasn't sinful. It wasn't sinfulness. It wasn't evil. It was stuff that needed to be done. All right, all, all of you, Ministry of Helps Workers, there's Ministry of Helps Workers in here, sitting here today. Praise God, I love to see that. And there's Ministry of Helps people that are still working around the house here. I love to see that. But there may be times that in ministry you don't get a lot of time at the altar at the feet of Jesus. And I've had plenty of times where ministry workers who have their one Sunday a month off are still here in the service during their supposed Mary time, but their brains are going through the Martha stuff, and I hope this is happening, and I hope that's happening, and I hope my ministry doesn't fall apart in my absence. I should just stick with my notes. You probably guys would like it better, I, I reckon. So Mary just chose to get really busy. You know, I mean, I'm not saying this would happen, but I, I think I just looked over at uh, Charlene and Mike. You know, they, Charlene makes the premier uh, peanut butter sheet cake on the planet, right? Right? And, uh, and her and Scott and, and or him and uh, Scott and the whole family, they, they roast the very best hog anywhere on the planet. So Jesus says, I love sheet cake and hog. Well, Jesus wouldn't say hog because he wouldn't eat the swine. But anyway, don't you know you guys will be so tempted to say, we're just going to sit at the table and drink water and listen to J.C.? 
It'd be hard, wouldn't it be? It would be hard. You're like, no, man, we need to go get a prime pig. I'm making the best sheet cake I ever made. <laughs> Jesus is going to love this. And I'm not picking on them. I just thought of sheet cake. I, I thought of peanut butter sheet cake. I thought of, don't make me one. <laughs> Seriously, don't make me one. <laughs> oh. We got to get out the good china. Get the candles. Let's get some flowers in the center of the table. We need the toilet paper to match the shower curtain. <laughs> Everything's got to be right. Jesus is coming over. And heaven forbid I make a fool mistake when Jesus is in the house. Martha chose to get really busy. And she missed the most important moment. Brothers and sisters, beloved, we cannot stay so busy that we miss the most important moments. Amen. I'm thinking about that. I looked over at Bill, and I was, I, my mind went to the praise team. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've tried to impart to the praise team that what you do here is simply an overflow of what you should have been doing all week already as a part of worship. I don't want them showing up here on Sunday at pre-service rehearsal, and that's the first time they worshipped. That's all Martha stuff. What should happen here on Sunday is an overflow of something they've already done for six days. Now they get a chance to come do it for Jesus. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Some of us are so busy doing the normal, everyday things that we miss out on the most important things. We got distracted from the very best and potentially miss a life-changing encounter with Christ. Now, we are experiencing life-changing encounters with Jesus Christ here at Resurrection Life Church. And those connected to Resurrection Life Church are experiencing them outside of this building and this campus. But when we come here, especially in this time after that holy visitation that we had, and by the way, I've been checking the cameras myself. I asked Lynette the other day, I said, Did you check the camera? She says, Every day. <laughs> I woke up this morning, 3 30. Just woke wide awake. I don't know why God loves the three o'clock time. And uh, I knew my alarm was set for six. And I just felt like, you got to get up. you got to get dressed. And you need to get over to the house of God. And so I did. I got up and I got dressed. I was out of the house, baby, by 5.15. I was here by six. You know what the first thing I did was? Check, check. Went and checked the cameras. <laughs> but I had such a time in the presence of the Lord. And I wanted to get all my Martha stuff out of the way. So I could do some Mary stuff. But how many times did we come to the house of God and we haven't even given ourselves any time to get the Martha stuff out of the way? We miss our Mary moment. Are you hearing me? 
So Martha and Mary were in this scenario, and if you think about it, I think it was kind of funny. Verse, verse 40 says that Martha came running to Jesus and said, Don't you care that my sister is doing nothing and lets me do all the work by myself? Come on, tell her to get off her lazy keister and help me. Why would, where would that come from? Because she was absolutely convinced that what she was doing was the most important thing in lieu of Jesus coming to her house. She was absolutely convinced that what she was doing was the most important thing. Serving, working. Now we, we preach serving and working. We're called servants of the Most High God. Amen? We believe in the ministry of helps. But I don't believe in the ministry of helps being so over-encompassing that you miss every merry moment in a church service. She's saying, come on, Jesus, take my side. Number one on your handout, I finally got there. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Satan will do his best to convince you that what you are doing is what truly matters. There's probably some here at the church that if a sound tech, a video tech, and no musicians showed up on Sunday morning might even think, boy, worship is sure going to be bad today. Maybe our heart should be, no matter what, if none of them are able to make it and we can't do the stuff with all the technology that we normally do and the lights don't work and and the overhead's not up there. I know they're not overheads anymore, but boy, it's going to be a bad worship service today. That's Martha. That's the Martha rut. Sir Martha Rutt, I just came and laid on this floor this morning and I wasn't sleeping because I got up at 3.30. Just fell before Jesus. And I asked him to forgive me for all the times that I've been so busy that I chose it over him. Martha says, Jesus, tell her to help me because what I'm doing is the right thing. I'm right and she's wrong. The way I'm doing it is the way it ought to be done. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you've missed the whole point. Your busy lifestyle caused you to miss your potential moment. And I know I'm spending some time talking about those who are hearing me on ceiling speakers. But this is, a, this is all through life. So Luke chapter 10, verse 41 through 42, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Did you hear me? Jesus said, only one thing is needed. Let me say it again. Jesus said, only one thing is needed. And he said, and Mary chose it. Basically, he said, Mary chose what is better, and it will not be taken from her. In other words, she's saying, Martha, 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 you're distracted by a lot of things. But the only one thing is important today. In my presence, only one thing is important. And Mary chose it. 
And I'm not taking it away from her because you can't get the hot dogs ready. <clears throat> what it boils down to, though, brothers and sisters, is that we have a choice. We can, either, we can either come here because, let me put it this way, you can come here because you're on the schedule. You have to serve in an area of ministry. And they require me to be here 30 minutes in advance. So I'll be there 31, 29 minutes in advance. We have a choice. You might say, well, pastor, if every leader came in here during worship, what would everybody else do? Jesus said this was the most important thing. Worship. Hearing the word. One translation said that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Perhaps he might say something. Basically, in our language, she was sitting at the feet of Jesus just in case he said something. Number two on your handout. When you're stuck in the Martha rut, your stress levels increase. Any of you Ministry of Helps workers ever been stressed here at the house? Come on. Amen. When you're running late, what happens? You get stressed. Right? Some of you on your work, your way to church today, you were running late. You're blaming it on the spouse or the kids or the dog. And I can only imagine what the ride to church is like for some folks. Diane and I have only started riding to church together uh, only in the last year and a half. When we moved over uh, to Stanton area, 40 minutes away, we decided it's time to drive to church together. Fortunately, we don't fight on the way to church. Right? That's because she beats me up. No. A couple of weeks ago, but not anymore, so... You should have been ready. I can't believe we're going to be late again. And the uh, other partner says, I wish you'd just hush about it. We're about to be at church and you show up. Boy, you know how to put on that game face, don't you? Huh? Huh? Praise God. Good to see you. Are you doing supernaturally today? Me and the family are just in love with Jesus. Throw a little Pentecostal on the Jesus. Praise God. It's a glorious day. And then you sit down and the wife elbows and says, well, we, would, we could at least make the first song if you start getting ready earlier. And while worship's going on, hush, just hush. We're going to talk to you later on. So what does that lead to? Number three, when you're, in this, when you're stuck in the Martha rut, relationships decrease. Stress increases. Relationships decrease. Diane and I leave the house every, every Sunday morning at 7 o'clock. We've got our lifestyle set up in such a way that, barring some emergency at the house, we're out of the house by 7 o'clock. 
or excuse me, 7.15, 7.15, on the button typically, we're moving down the road. Why? So we could be here at 8 o'clock. Why? Because it's prayer time. And sometimes I got lots of stuff going on. On those days when I'm also playing guitar and leading worship and preaching. I'm juggling Martha's in my hand. Boy, I need some downtime in the feet, at the feet of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You see it all the time. We're running and we're running and we're busy and we're busy, you know. Uh, you, you can be with somebody with, that you love and you're not actually with them. You may be physically together, but emotionally and mentally you're somewhere else altogether. Uh, you know, you've sunk so far down into your lazy boy that the wife can't even see you anymore except for the indigo blue light of your phone. You go on vacation, but you never vacate. Because, you know, you go zip line and you go to the beach and you do all this and you, 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 you're, you're so tired by the time you get home. Now you got to get up and go to church on Sunday morning. Yeah, I'm on the schedule. I got serving kids ministry again. Doggone little rugrats. <laughs> if only I didn't have to do that every week. I can't believe no one showed up yesterday and cleaned the bathrooms. I can't believe I'm the one that's got to clean the bathrooms this morning. I'm not preaching like this because I've gotten reports of a bunch of whiners and moaners. No, that's not the case at all. We're talking about worship. In a situation in the Bible that's actually subtitled Mary and Martha worship and serve. Balance. Between the two, you know, you, you go to a restaurant, you see a beautiful family or four or five come in and maybe you're sitting there and you think that's such a beautiful looking family. They all sit down and pull out their phones and spend their whole time in the restaurant together on their phones. There's no connectivity that's going on there. So when you're stuck in the Martha rut, relationships decrease. They go down. And I believe that's not just with people. That's also with God. Any of you who've been so busy in the work of the ministry here, wishing that somehow somebody else would pony up and become a part of your team to help you out, have also seen times where you have drawn away in your devotion time, your study time, and your worship time because you're so busy preparing for the next service. Can I get a witness from somebody? My children's ministers in the room right now know what I'm talking about. And heaven forbid anybody help them out. Father's house ministry. Heaven forbid anybody thought about cleaning the house other than the two or three that serve so faithfully. Two or three or four. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know the exact number, so I'm not trying to leave anybody out. Because we're supposed to also live a Christian life that prefers others over ourselves. It seems like it would behoove some Christians to say, well, if they're having that much of a hard time, maybe I could help. 
I can't tell you the number of times that I've run into people that they've been missing in action for a while. They've been out of church, and it's not because they're mad at church and they're not mad at me. Praise God, there's something unique. And uh, they're missing in action because they're so busy they don't even have time to come to church. I, and I couldn't, Diane can attest to this, the number of times that we would meet, even with Minister of Helps workers and leaders who are, their life's out of balance and things are going funky. And they would tell me, I don't really have a lot of time to read my Bible and pray. Why is it that we don't radically cut back on the stuff that isn't as important as time at the feet of Jesus? I think it's because maybe we don't fully trust God. That if you're, you're missing from your ministry area one day because you needed to be at the altar, that somehow your ministry would fall apart because you weren't there to hold it all together. I think we trust ourselves sometimes more than we trust our Father in heaven. So you see, when we don't when we don't have Mary time and we're in the Martha Rutt, relationships decrease. We're afraid that if we don't keep going and going and going, that we're going to miss out on something. We've got to work harder. We've got to make more money. We've got to have a nicer car. We've got to have a bigger house. And we've got to have all the stuff. Skipping over a bunch of stuff. Uh, but I'm not skipped this, friends. This isn't what God intended for us. And what are we going to do about it? Well, we're going to have to tear ourselves away from the busy activity. I love our children's ministry so much. So when I say this, I'm not beating on you. I'm not. Please. You're right there, and I can see you. At least one of you for sure, but all of you, one of you carries your, your feelings on your shirt sleeve. And I'm so glad because it's, it's appealing to my spirit right now that you have experienced in the, a lot of what I'm talking about right here. But what if, just what if you woke up one morning and you go, well, we normally leave here at 8, but let's leave early today so we can go spend some time at the feet of Jesus. What if? What if? Plan, try it. You like it. <laughs> Number four on your uh, paper, Jesus did not say the things Martha was doing were bad, but he did say that Mary chose the better thing. He did say that. He said she chose the better thing. See, the, our, our problem is that we're entrenched in the rhythms and patterns of this world. We're entrenched and trapped in the rhythms and patterns of life. And we forgot, or maybe didn't know, that God created for us a thing called the rhythm of rest. It's supposed to be a part of our life to be able to find the rhythm of rest. 
<coughs> where you stop doing what it is you're normally doing for at least one day. I didn't say you just stop and sit in a chair all day. That's not what's meant by it. Jesus stopped, or excuse me, God, when he did creation, he simply stopped creation, but he didn't stop being God for a day. Are you hearing me? I don't even want to ask how many of you have at least one day a week where you don't touch your job. At least one day. Most people can't tear away from their job. They don't know they've not been able to find the rhythm of rest. And the rhythm of rest is what God put in place called a Sabbath. For us to have a time of holy rest to replenish our physical self, our emotional self, and our spiritual self, so that we are doing supernaturally when it comes time to put our hands to the plow and start working. But none of us know how to find that rest. Shut your phone off, maybe. You'd be thinking, oh my God, I miss a Facebook? So? If I have anything to say at all as your pastor, then I will do everything in my power to make sure that when it's all said and done, God's going to look at you. He's going to say, you picked the better thing. Sharon tells a great story about Pastor Randy and her one time when Pastor Randy was trying to get her to stop working so hard in cleaning ministry. And, but I think she was right in the middle of buying some new buffers for the church because it was all tiled out there at the time. And so uh, she said, well, I got to go do the buffer and, and I got to show somebody how to do the buffer and, and, and I need to do that. And, and Pastor Randy caught her out there with the buffer in her hand and said, what are you doing? Well, I'm buffing. And, and he, he said, I love you more than I love these clean floors. I love you more. I love you more than I love these clean floors. I'd rather see you at the feet of Jesus in Mary's position than so busy at stuff that's good in the Martha rut. Yeah, if I had my choice and I had the power as your pastor, it would be made to make sure that when it's all said and done, God would say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. You chose the better thing. There's a balance for you. Good and faithful servant, you chose the better thing. Oh, Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 29, Jesus said, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest. Everybody say rest. You can say it. Come on. You can say it. Say rest. Say it again. Say it again. Shout it at me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. See, we're supposed to have a rhythm of rest. It's God's intent for us. I don't always every day work in the wood shop. I rest from it. 
I don't always every day do some work that I'm doing around the house. I rest from it. I don't always every day do church work. I rest from it. Jesus is saying, come to me, all y'all who are stressed out and overwhelmed, wishing Jesus would get somebody else to help. I, I, I want you to know that Jesus is saying, come to me, all of you single parents who feel like life is about to fall apart. You're so busy, you don't even know how to find time for devotions. I get it. I'm so amazed at my beautiful daughter, Emily, with five beautiful kids. I can't even, we, we get them for 24 hours and we're ready to pull my hair out. I did, a, I did find a survival mode yesterday. I really did. It was like uh, earplugs from my shop. <laughs> Put them right in there and uh, did the trick. He's saying, come to me, single parents. Come, come to me, all you business owners, entrepreneurs, who don't know how to stop the presses for a moment for your fear of you'll lose the whole farm if you don't. Come to me, moms who don't feel like you can find a minute for yourself. I'll give you rest. Did you notice in every one of these things, he's saying, you want the rest, this rhythm of rest, come to me. You want the rest from all the Martha stuff in life, come have a little merry moment. Come to me, those who are overwhelmed and feel insignificant if they're not busy all the time. My wife has finally learned the rhythm of rest. I'm so proud of her. She was the kind that she couldn't sit for 30 minutes without feeling like a failure. I gotta be doing something, I should be doing something. I'm letting somebody bow, down, I'm not. No, that girl can nap all afternoon now. I'm so, <laughs> I am so proud of her. That's right. By three o'clock this afternoon, if I don't have her at home, she'll have a mark on her forehead from where she hit the table, I'm just saying. Psalm 46, verse 10, be still. Here's what comes with being still and know that I am God. If I want to look at that in the inverse, it would be if I don't take time to be still, I might miss out on knowing who God really is in my life for me. Be still and know God. Many of us don't know how to be still though, do we? I know far too well how it feels to get into Martha routine of busyness. And I want to encourage us all to slow down, stop the machinery for a little bit, and spend time at the feet of Jesus. And don't make spending time at the feet of Jesus a Martha task. Don't make it a Martha task. You'll miss, miss it all. Number five, Spend time sitting quietly in the presence of the Lord and discover the rhythm of rest. God created rest at creation. He gave us it by example himself. And Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. That's why this, this time that we have entering into worship here in just a few minutes, I'm going to call the praise team back up and we're going to enter into worship. This is your merry moment.
I don't see Corey right now. If I did, I'd have her write a note for me. At worship, we shut down all auxiliary ministries, and everybody comes in the room for worship. Did you hear that? Make a note. You mean say it again? I can't see you. I said, this is a thought. I know. I'm, Diane tells me, you get in trouble for speaking your thoughts out loud. But it just occurred to me, why not when it comes to worship, we just close down all other auxiliary ministries and everybody comes in the room to sit at the feet of Jesus. Let's talk about that. One of the things I'm working on, maybe I need to collaborate with some people. Man, I can just feel this this morning. I don't know if you guys can feel it. I'm not, I'm not emotional or having, a, you know, a senior moment. I know what it's like to sit at the feet of Jesus, and I know what it's like to be all stuck up in Martha stuff and just can't even find a rhythm of the service. That's because I'm all stuck in the cogs and the wheels and the gears and the mechanics of the service instead of the one who the service is all about. So just take a few minutes, be with him. Start really simple. I just encourage you to start really simple. Take, take five minutes every day. And I know some of you are going to go radical on me and take six. But just five minutes. No music, no sound, no nothing. Resting in the presence of Jesus. Just resting in the presence of Jesus. The other evening, uh, it was one of the warm evenings we just had in the last couple of days. Uh, Diane climbed into bed and I kissed her goodnight. I said, I'm going to go sit outside for a while. She's like, what? I'm like, you should see the stars out there tonight. And the lights are on in the front side. She said, I'm going to go out there and lay on the, on the dock and just look at the stars. I'm glad that I remembered before I got down to the water's edge that me and Dave had just pulled the dock out of the lake earlier that day. <laughs> Praise team, come on forward. Oh, Jesus. I wonder how many of you would agree to take five minutes a day to find the rhythm of rest would anybody covenant with me for a time like that? There are some of you here today, if not all of you here, you're here for a specific reason. Uh, you look at your life and you've been uh, in search of something for a long time to fill the emptiness, to fill the void. And God sent his son to fill every empty place in our life. And we are so busy with Martha stuff. We miss all of our Jesus moments. First of all, of course, he came to live a sinless life and to die a death for us, a brutal death so that all of our sins could be forgiven. So I don't have to fret and worry and, and have any angst about the sins in my life. Yes, I repent of my sins. I get that. But I don't, I don't, I don't sit around any longer and judge myself based on my right or wrong actions. That's just the devil saying, get all caught up in some Martha stuff, Rick, so you can work harder to be better. He already made me as good as I'm ever going to get in his eyes by his blood. 
so I can come freely and sit at the feet of Jesus and he receives me even in the midst of all my mess. In fact, he says, bring your mess to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. So Martha, come to me. I will give you rest because Mary actually chose, made the right choice today. I'm not saying come to Jesus for a better life, although you'll get a better life if you get Jesus into your life. You come to him in your brokenness. I come to Jesus in my brokenness. I come to Jesus in my sinfulness. I come to him in my mess. And he bring, gives me rest because I come to him. And I pray he don't wake me up next Sunday morning at 3.30 to come here as early as I came today, but I'm so glad he chose to call me here today. It soothed my soul. I want your souls to be soothed. If you come to him just in all your mess, you'll actually be accepted by him. And it might even surprise you a little bit about how much he loves you and that his love for you isn't contingent upon how good you are or how bad you are, but just that you are and that he is. Some might say, well, you know, I'm not walking with him like I know I should. I've, I've strayed away from him. I call myself a Christian, but he's really not first in my life. Other things are first. All you have to do is tell him that today you surrender. And I don't want this for you or me, but you, you can come back again next week and tell him again I surrender. And he's still going to love you just the same as he did the first time. Just keep surrendering. So for those of you who would say, I've been searching and today... I, I want to come to the feet of Jesus. Then I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right now. Go ahead and dim the lights, Parker. If you've been searching and today you've found what you've been looking for, stand to your feet. Really, most of you haven't been searching and looking for... That was probably the wrong question to ask because I meant to ask a question that would probably inspire every single human being to stand to their feet because I'm constantly searching to find what I'm looking for. So then, since I didn't get a response there, I'm just going to say, everyone, please stand to your feet. Because none of us have arrived. If you sat on your rusty dusty just a minute ago, well, I think I got everything right. No, you don't have everything right. always room for more merry time and I tell you this I believe with all my heart he wants to meet with you right now in the service he wants to meet with you he wants you to choose the better thing we're getting ready to enter into worship prayer team you should be coming up here at this time as well prayer team will be over here to my right and to my left get one of these ushers can come get the love box 
Thank you. Because this whole area is open for you to come and worship and rest at the feet of Jesus. And I encourage you, even as I did this morning, Father, forgive me for all the Martha moments. That I missed the Mary moments. Nothing wrong with the Martha moments. Jesus never said that. But he said, Mary picked the better thing. Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, Jesus says, and you're busy and you're stressed and your relationships are suffering and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all of you who are frustrated and empty, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, the Lord would say. Spend some time at my feet and I will give you rest. Communion's available for anyone who wants it now.